0: That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012
0: Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in
1: touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And sitting across from me, as he always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. And
0: I would like to rock and roll all night and party every day. Well, and you can. Thank you. Let's start off with a little listener mail. <laughs> this little listener mail comes from
1: Charlie. Hey, Charlie.
0: Sorry, I um, had a little unicorn moment there. It says... Okay. You haven't seen that video? Uh, no. All right. Charlie the Unicorn. We're watching it after this episode. Okay. Hi, guys. I'm a big fan and longtime listener. I've been noticing a lot of musicians have been using something known as auto-tune more prominently than ever lately. How does this work? Is this a new technology? Keep up the great work. Charlie. So, um... Auto tune has been around for a while, as it turns out. And our, uh, another podcast covered this briefly. And it wasn't high speed stuff. No. Although they
1: do talk about autos and tuning.
0: No, it was stuff from the B sites, which had an episode about auto tuning, but we were going to cover it as well. So auto tuning is also known as pitch correction. Yes. It's when, uh, it's, it's being able to, to digitally nudge a person's voice so it's closer to being on pitch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, in the good old days, and by the good old days, I mean the old Before days. Before 1996? Yeah. In the old days, what you would do is you get a group of musicians in the studio and you would start recording tracks. And whenever the lead vocalist would uh, would flub a note, you would just make a mark of that and you would do another take and you'd do another take and you'd do another take. And even for the ones that sounded good all the way through, you would do extra takes And then you would cobble together the best sounding song from those multiple takes using actual
1: editing, uh, procedures. Yes. Um, speaking as someone who's gone through this process, (laughs) I can tell you it's not, uh, not nearly as much fun as it sounds. And it doesn't really sound like all that much fun. And before digital techniques, we're talking about things like splicing sections of tape together with, you know, a, a razor blade and, and, you know, splicing material, trying to get it so that you have one long continuous take that is in tune.
0: Right. And you have to be very careful to make sure it's all matched up just right so that you can't detect the break.
1: Yes. The editing, painstaking work.
0: And before that, you're pretty much just stuck with whatever you got. Ding. Like if, if, if you were recording, especially on something like say, I don't know, a wax cylinder, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter if you flubbed it. That was how that was going to go out, warts and all. Oh yeah. But, uh, but as, as we began to get better at editing music, our standards started to go up and we began to refuse to listen to music that seemed to have, uh, some flaws in it. We, the fewer the flaws, the better in our opinion, uh, in general. There's still people out there who prefer the more genuine music, if you want to call it that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to get into that argument because, uh, there are those people who love the super-produced stuff, and there are the people who love the stripped-down stuff. And I don't think anyone is wrong. Um, and, you know, it's all a matter of personal opinion. I agree. At any rate, so editing, that was the only way you could really uh, get rid of a flubbed note. But then a uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Harold Hildebrand, better known as Andy to mm-hmm. his buddies, mm-hmm. came up with a special kind of software.
1: It's, uh, this is – believe it or not, the oil industry's contribution to music.
0: That is not one of them, a but... joke. It <laughs> really is. Uh, Mr. Hildebrand, as it turns out, before he got into the world of making musicians sound better than they really do, was a geophysicist. He created seismic data processing yep. software. And uh, this was a software that would uh, sort of measure the, the, the seismic vibrations for oil companies to kind of get an idea of... Where the best oil deposits were, whether or not there were any oil deposits, that kind of thing.
1: Yes, it's it's called auto correlation. Uh, basically, once the sound goes into the ground, the reflections, uh, based on the material uh, that is made up, and you know, in the area that they're using the the uh, sound, uh, give them an idea of what the composition of uh, of the earth is underneath their feet, essentially, and uh, can tell them where pockets of oil are stored so it gives him a good idea of where to uh to drill and he uh andy hildebrand made a lot of money a whole lot of money he retired at 40.
0: yeah and clearly the next step for anyone who creates that kind of software is finding a way to get people
1: to sing better well the way i heard it a friend challenged him said okay fine you're so smart you're looking for something to do why don't you fix it so i can sing better and so he did. Yeah. So
0: this is using a method called digital signal processing. Mm-hmm. And the idea here is that, uh, every sound that you hear is, uh, is really due to vibrations. Everything. Yes. Every sound is something vibrating against something else. And then eventually it becomes air molecules vibrating against one another. And then the vibrations hit your ear and, uh, and your brain manages to, uh, to translate this into sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we perceive as sound. Yes. So uh, the the notes that we hear are vibrations at particular frequencies. Mm-hmm. And in general, the higher the frequency, actually not in general, the higher the frequency, the higher the the sound, the pitch in the sound. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So um, let's see if I can find the, the the information. I actually wrote down what the different divisions were. I think four hundred and forty vibrations per second is an A note.
1: That is correct.
0: So that's your basic A. Yep. So uh, your basic A is 440 vibrations per second. Now I'm I'm sitting here with a musician, so I expect you to correct me whenever and I get things wrong.
1: Well, I had a tuning fork, but I had forgotten we were doing this today, so I left it at home. Oh, that's a shame. That would have been kind of. Cool. It is an A. All
0: right. So 440 is an A, and then you can uh, if you increase that the the vibrations per second, you then the notes go up. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I actually uh, let's say 492 vibrations per second. Would be a B note, five hundred and eighty-seven vibrations per second, or thereabouts, would be a C note, which is not 100 dollars. Ha ha ha!
1: Shaving a haircut. All right, so um, yeah, that's about a hundred dollars these days. Yeah. Well, uh, well, anyhow, never mind. I can't. T- I was commentary. about
0: to out one of our one of our coworkers who did recently spend more than a hundred dollars on a haircut. Oh, okay. But I will not do that <clears throat> because this person will kill me. Uh, anyway. At any rate. So yes, the vibrations determine what the, the note is. And so let's say that you're trying to sing an A note. Now, if you're trying to sing an A note, what's happening is your vocal cords are vibrating to generate this. And that's what's generating the, the sound, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, most of us are not capable of holding an A note perfectly, um, for any extended time. I mean, we're going to are, are, it's going to wander a little bit.
1: Yes, I, I tend to uh, I tend to sing a little sharp, to be honest. Yeah,
0: I, te- I tend to sing in a different key, but at any rate, so uh, uh, or sometimes uh, my wife prefers it if I sing in a different state. Yeah. Um, but the so if you if you visualize each note with a line going to the right, so let's say you know you have A B C, yeah, and you have the the lines right. to the right, mm-hmm. uh, and you think of the uh, the person singing it tends to look kind of like a sine wave. I mean, it usually tends to hover around the note, unless the person's a terrible singer, in which case it may not be anywhere close to the note they're supposed to be singing. Generally, if you can... Never mind.
1: Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. You see
0: what I'm saying? Yes. So let's say, let's say I'm trying to sing an A, but mm-hmm. I have terrible pitch, and I'm tone deaf, and I'm actually singing what is closer to
1: a B. Well, I, I would say... I would argue even that someone who is a really good singer is going to waver in pitch somewhat because the, the vibration of your vocal cords depends a lot on how much air, uh, you're putting in. And if you are running out of breath, yeah, it tends to peter out. You're, you're, the ten, the, yeah, the pitch of your voice is going to change, right? So, so I mean, even even the best singers are going to have this problem. So what Hildebrand did was he decided to create some software that could
0: nudge this these these variations around a note, or sometimes you know hitting the wrong note entirely, and put them where they're supposed to be. So kind of uh, smoothing out the peaks and valleys across the line, so to to make it a more um, a more consistent. Note, yeah. or to even shift it up or down the scale so that it it hits the note it's supposed to be on. Now you can only do this a little bit within within a couple of notes of where you're supposed to be, right? Uh, without it sounding artificial,
1: right? And there's there's a lot of other little factors in there because the uh, the auto tune software gives you some control over how quickly the pitch shifts up, but you can uh, you can actually set the range uh, the key that you're supposed to be singing in. Yeah. So it, it can, it, it can, it has some I- idea of what you're trying to do. So, yeah, you, you know, can the, you can
0: have it auto detect. Like yeah. if, if, if you put it on auto detect, essentially what the software does is it assumes whatever note you're singing closest to is the note you wanted to sing. Yes. So if you are at least a decent singer, the auto function of AutoTune. Should get you pretty much where you wanted to be in the first place, even if you were, you know, a little off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also do it manually, however. So let's say that, uh, that someone has hit just, you know, just really misjudged it. They're singing mm-hmm. the national anthem and when they get to, uh, uh, the land, you know, the, the land of the free and they hit that high note, it's just way off. Well, then you might need to manually put it closer to the note it's supposed to be on so right. it doesn't sound terrible, right? It and, doesn't work so well live. Well, it can. The,
1: well, not with the manual. No,
0: no, live it's auto. But, but no, um, that that
1: isn't is, – one of the things that impressed me about the AutoTune software is that it can be used live.
0: Yeah, it can be used in real time. Now, granted, that's when it's using the automatic feature, not the manual right, feature. Right, right, were, right, As you were pointing out, you are correct. Yeah. Oops. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have like the highest paid sound engineer on the planet, like rapidly switching the, the pitch. So, uh, yeah, the, the software has this very complex algorithm and it can, it can, the, the cool thing is it can, it can adjust the pitch without really affecting the tone of the voice. Now, this is a lot different from the old way of changing the pitch which was just essentially playing it faster than you had before.
1: Oh, you're thinking uh, like those uh, three rodents yeah. of recent movie fame,
0: the chipmunks? Yes. Yeah. All right, so we're going to give Liz a little challenge here. We're going okay. to we're going to speak in our normal tone of voice. Okay. But we're going to do so slowly so that Liz can speed it up later. That sounds fun so you now yours is going to be staccato because you're speaking very short bursts okay <laughs> anyway so by by speaking that up uh Liz could could adjust the pitch of her voices but of course that means that you know the whole tone sounds different and it's going much faster than before the neat thing about autotune is it doesn't adjust the speed of the voice, mm-hmm. it doesn't really affect the tone that much, unless again you're trying to push it much further up or down the scale than where it originally started. Right. Um, so it makes it sound more natural. Now, this method has been in use for years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to just kind of tweak notes here and there. It wasn't really used as kind of an artistic thing until more recently. Yes. Actually, I I'll never forget the first time I heard shares "Believe." Yes. And I thought. Could anyone make a more annoying song than that? Turns out, yes, because I had not heard peanut butter jelly time at that point.
1: <laughs> peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat.
0: Yes. But, uh, but, but in, in the case with Cher, she actually took a feature of the auto tune software that was uh, never really intended to be used as, as a performance thing. And turned it into a performance. And you remember when we, you were talking about how you adjust the speed when the pitch changes? Mm-hmm. She essentially switched that to zero.
1: Yes, there's a there's a range that the software has between zero and 400 milliseconds, which is four tenths of a second, essentially. Right. And uh, you have the option that that's how long it takes for the pitch to shift to what it thinks it's supposed to be.
0: Right. And and you may think, well, why would you want to set that at 400? It makes it. Create a more natural sound uh, because we, you know, we don't tend to sing notes, perfect notes, one right after the other, especially jumping around a lot. Unless you're talking about like a, a an aria by Mozart, in which case, I mean, those are amazing. But most of us can't sing those. Right. Uh, most of us, when we sing, we tend to slide a little bit from one note to the next. And if you take that that sliding out. It suddenly sounds robotic and unnatural. Mm-hmm. But if you're share and you're creating this song "Believe," that turns out to be the effect you wanted to go for in the first place. So you turn this thing that would normally be considered a total uh, a total mistake. You wouldn't want it to be in there because you wouldn't want people to detect that you had uh, electronically altered your voice and turn it into a performance. Mm-hmm. And it ended up working out very well for her and got a lot of radio play and slowly made me go crazy. Yeah, and of course, then you had. Uh, I wondered what did that. Now I know. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that was a, definitely a contributing factor. I can't lay all the blame at Cher's feet.
1: No, but it's uh, but that explains why her voice sounds like it is snapping from pitch to pitch. Yeah, without any kind of uh, of any kind of glissando, without any kind of uh, you know break. Ooh, um, glissando. Glissando. Music theory coming in here, uh, sort of. So you know, on on the other hand, there. are are artists who have essentially made their living off of this. That would be, you know, T-Pain.
0: Yes. Who not only made several songs featuring AutoTune, but also the, uh, was the name behind the iPhone feature that allows people to download the, um, the app, uh, the T-Pain app and, and do live uh, auto tuning of their own voices.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's unapologetic about, uh, about using the software. Um, but it's a, it's a it,
0: performance. It's, yeah. it's it's like any other tool. Now now some people even argue that anyone using autotune is cheating.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what some of the detractors say. Yeah, but what he's doing with it is on purpose he's creating to make it a performance sound that piece. way. Yeah. So it's yeah. you know it's like no no, this is my
0: you know. Yeah, I intended to do that. Exactly. That was the whole purpose of it. Which I think that's totally legitimate. Yep. I mean it's just like taking a musical instrument and playing it in a way different than than the way it was originally intended. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it invalid. It just means that you're innovative, right? So, same thing. I mean, just like Cher, I think was truly innovative with that the way she she used auto tune. I may I may hate the song, but I can't argue with the fact that it was
1: innovative. I, I could have done without the. Seven hundred fifty or so songs that I've heard since then that are all using AutoTune in right. that way
0: it is no longer innovative. It's just a different way of performing, and they think of it as cheating. Now, granted, lots of artists have been using this. A lot of producers have been using it. Oh yes, it's very possible that some artists don't even know it was used on their their particular
1: records. Um, they probably do because suddenly they aren't having to do a lot of uh, retakes and overdubs. They're doing you know one or two takes per song, and then heading for home and cuts down on the amount of studio time that you need to spend. And, and, uh, you know, that's expensive. And Hildebrand points out that
0: auto tune does not make you a a great singer. Mm -mm. Um, auto tune can help correct pitch. It can help you be, it can help you sing on pitch and it will help, help you sing the right notes. But if your vocal tone is not a good, pleasing vocal tone, such as mine, what my, my singing tone is pretty terrible. Um, even with auto tune, my singing's not going to be great. It's just going to be the right notes, which granted is an improvement, but it's not going to be something you're going to think, "Hey, this is who I want to be listening to on that 5-hour f- flight <laughs> that I got coming up."
1: Can you uh can you auto-tune karaoke?
0: You could, you could do an uh, yeah, why not? You can have a microphone <laughs> built in with the auto-tune and you could you could uh have it automatically is auto-tune
1: that- your 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 vocals. That's got to be cheating though. I mean, considered cheating,
0: yeah, well, I uh, considering some of the people I've heard sing karaoke, I'd be willing to entertain some cheating, <laughs> and I know the people who have heard me sing karaoke would entertain some cheating, um and we were actually thinking at one point of having Liz auto tune some of uh some of us, oh yeah, bits of bits of what we were doing here,
1: oh, uh, you know it's funny we I'm surprised we haven't mentioned. Uh, other phenomena that have used auto tune, not just in the music industry.
0: Oh, you mean like auto tune the news? Yes. Yeah. There's this great YouTube series where these guys have taken, uh, news clips from, uh, you know, any, like, usually it's about a week long period. Mm-hmm. but They take, they take big news clips and then they put it through auto tune and turn them into songs and they cut the, the news uh, clips up so that it makes it so more. It makes it work. Yeah. Yeah, so that you get phrases and things, and sometimes they'll have someone repeat something five or six times to make it more like a song. They are absolutely hysterical videos. There's also – I've seen the auto-tuning of the baby crying. Oh, yeah. The baby's yeah. crying, but they put it through auto-tune. And here's the thing is that auto-tune, it, it is a software suite that you can purchase, but um, but you can download a uh, demo version mm-hmm. and try it out for a while on your computer. It's only going to last for uh, you know a trial period, and then you – or you're going to be prompted to purchase it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course there's the app on the iPhone that you can get. Um, yeah, that's, so boring, you can,
1: yeah. that's that's considerably cheaper at two ninety nine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So you, but you can you can play around with this stuff and uh and and kinda see, you know, how how it is that the the big names are able to get that really great produced sound on their tracks.
1: I would never have expected this to come from uh, a geologic technology.
0: No, I I had I really my money w- on uh, astrophysics, but not geophysics. Yeah. Okay. Maybe quantum physics.
1: Maybe. Uh you know that's that's funny because technically it's called uh pitch quantization.
0: Yeah, I I read through kind of a uh, you now, now when when asked exactly what sort of things go into his uh calculations, Hildebrand said and uh, this is a direct quote. Uh, multiplications, additions, and a few divisions, but designed by an extensive theoretical foundation in digital signal processing encompassing the physical principles of sound production, physics of hearing, disciplines of modeling, filtering, linear systems theory, estimation theory, numerical analysis, calculus, music theory, and other disciplines, pretty much.
1: Including the pretty much?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah. No, that was a direct that, quote.
1: That was in a frequently asked questions section. Yeah. He he actually seems to be a, a sort of a humorous kind of guy. A guy yeah. A good sense of humor. So no,
0: he does. Just... D- well, I mean, you have to after after it. And, and he specifically stated that he had never intended anyone to use it in the way that T Pain and Cher have used it, and yeah. numerous other people at this point. However, it was always meant to be kind of a behind the scenes, you know, way of just uh just tweaking a, a track rather than an outright, uh, you know, the cat is out of the bag kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I do think uh, this this has led to the rise of music that is maybe just a little bit too perfect for some people. Though Speaking of, of the people who are, uh, remember how we were saying some people really like lo-fi, some people really like hi-fi. Right. Uh, I've had people say, that song is just too perfect for me. Well they could always listen to me sing and they'll be cured of
0: that right away. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so do you have anything else to add for uh our discussion on auto-tuning?
1: Uh, not really. Um it's just kind of uh it's kind of funny it's pretty much baked into uh, most studios at this point that, that I have it there but um you know, it's it's pretty ubiquitous at this point. Right. So
0: um <sighs> Here's where I'm going to throw it out there. Okay. And Liz, I'm going to apologize to you because you're going to have to hear this unfiltered. In fact, if you want to play it unfiltered once and auto-tuned once, just to let people know how horribly I sing, go for it. All right, guys. This song, by the way, has been in the public domain for about 500 years, so I don't want to hear anything from you guys. You know, you should have warned me.
1: I uh, I mean, other than just now.
0: Would you like to step out of the room? Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously. Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously. There we go. That's all I'm gonna do. Wow, I don't want to hit you too hard. <laughs> that's bad enough right there. I could have done uh no, never mind, that's copyright. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, that was written, by the way, uh, by Henry VIII, by the grace of God, king of England and France, Lord defender of the faith and lord of all Ireland. (laughs)
1: Um, Deceased. Yes. (laughs) For for quite some time. So anyway, uh, hopefully. That's better than singing I'm Henry VIII, I am. Right. Hopefully Liz
0: will be able to, to auto tune that. And if not, hopefully she'll be able to cut that out. All right, All right. So that wraps this up on Autotune. I hope that answers your question, Charlie. Uh, and now that leads us to our second round of listener mail. This listener mail comes from Nathan, and Nathan says, Hi, guys. I was just wondering if you or anyone at your organization listens back to your podcast and can hear what sounds to me like an air conditioning hum in the background. Would it be possible to edit that out? Look forward to hearing back from you. Cheers, Nathan. Nathan, that could be one of many things. It could be a fan. Uh, it might be the fan in my, it might even be the fan in my uh, laptop, because, you know, yeah. you know, I need that so that my computer
1: does not overheat and shut down. And there's a refrigerator in the hallway.
0: There's Uh, Yeah, there is an air conditioning system. Um, And here's the thing. We're dying in here. It is so hot in here. Please don't take our air conditioning away. And if I asked Liz to try and edit that out, I think that would drive her crazy. So unfortunately, I think we're kind of stuck with what we have until. But, you know, we're we're renovating our our studio space. Who knows what's going to sound like when we're done? You know, it only hums because it doesn't know the words. Very good, Chris. That is exactly right. So if you have any other questions, comments, you'd like to criticize Chris for his joke, you can write us, techstuff, at howstuffworks.com. Check out our blogs, blogs.howstuffworks.com. Check out the website itself, howstuffworks.com, because it's awesome. It is. It's a, Yeah, it's a great website. It's a great resource. Um, remember, we are no longer doing Tech Stuff Live while we are renovating our studio space. So that's going to last for probably about six weeks. And then we're going to think about what we can do with that video series uh, when we get back, because we're going to have a, a little bit more flexibility than we did before. So if any of you have any cool ideas of what you would like to see in a video series from Tech Stuff, um, like, for instance, you would say, I would love for the video series of Tech Stuff to have the stuff you should know, guys, in it. Write us at techstuff at And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage.
0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012
1: Camry. It's ready. Are you? There's plenty to celebrate in March and...
0: Let's go places.